freedom. Aren't you glad you're free? God has blessed this great land. Don't let the frustration of the day diminish that. Don't let the nonsense of our time confuse that. This nation was founded on the principles and doctrines of the Bible that sits in your lap, the Bible that you hold in your hand, the Bible that you read every day faithfully. I'm saying that in faith, believing. I know the vast majority in this room do that. That's what this country was built on. It was built on this book. They referenced this book in shaping and forming our Constitution. They fought for our freedom. May we fight to preserve it. May we fight to keep it. But what makes us free? Have you ever really take a long, hard look at what actually makes us free? What makes you free? It's a question that I have for you today. Some will say, our military makes us free. And I beg to differ with you. I don't think our military makes us free whatsoever. And I'll pause here to say how thankful I am for our military personnel, every man and woman who has fought and who is currently fighting right now. We thank God for them. That's why we've taken the time to salute them and honor them with the flags that represent the various armed forces. I'm very, very thankful for our military. But if you think it's our military that actually makes us free, your thinking is off. Our military may fight to keep our freedom and to preserve our freedom, but our military, it, it depends on the leadership, see. There are military around the world who are fighting, but it's not necessarily for freedom. Our very own country, don't ever forget, was split and we were fighting one another. Some wanted one thing, some wanted another thing. How many of y'all remember what I'm talking about here? Don't ever forget our civil conflict. Both were valiant, vigilant. Both fought with all their might and all their heart and all their strength and all their energy. Both military forces. No. Our military does not make us free. Does our Constitution make us free? Well, there's plenty of people in this United States of America under the same Constitution that we are governed by, and they are not free at all. In fact, they're very, very bound, they're enslaved. 
They're held captive. I want to tell you three things today that I believe makes us free. If you have your Bible, I want you to open it to John. The Gospel of John, chapter 8. When you're there, say, I'm there. If you're not there, say, hold on. I'll wait a little bit. John, chapter 8. What makes us free? Look at verse number 32. And you shall know the truth. <laughs> and the truth shall make you free. Now, this is actually a very well-known quote, a very common phrase. But few understand its origin. People will quote this. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. But they think Ben Franklin wrote it. They think Thomas Jefferson may have originated this. They don't understand that it was, it was written in the Word of God, and it's the very words of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What makes us free? Number one, the Scripture. The Scripture makes us free. I don't want to know your opinion, not unless it lines up with the Scripture. You don't need to know my opinion unless it's guided by and founded on the Scripture. I don't want some philosophy today, folks. I don't need some self-help guru telling me what he thinks or she thinks. Freedom comes from the Word of God. Freedom comes from the Scripture, the very words of Jesus. This has always been true politically. Truth shall set you free. If you'll study a map, you'll see where the Bible has gone in bringing us freedom. God has a, an amazing timetable, doesn't he? And he has an amazing timetable for the founding of this great country, the home of the free, the land of the brave. For instance, in 14 and 92, when I say 14 and 92, what bell rings for anybody? Oh, you know your history well. 1492, Columbus sailed and discovered a new world, the United States of America. Although it was not called the United States of America, it was just a new world. It was just a new land. He was trying to prove that the world, she's around, <laughs> and not flat as it was thought for years and years and years. Thought it, taught it, believed it, settled it. The world's flat. He said, no, I'm going to prove it's not flat. It's round. And he sailed in 1492 and discovered this new world. The invention of the printing press, I found out, was in the mid 
1400s. We're going back a little bit so we can appreciate where we are today. Mid-1400s, the invention of the printing press. In 1483, I don't think this bell will ring for anybody, but 1483, maybe some of the pastors. Okay. <laughs> 1483, Martin Luther was born. Okay. So you've got Columbus discovering the new world. You've got Martin Luther, great uh, Reformation preacher in, in England, in, in Europe. And you've got the invention of the printing press right in the midst of all of that, mid-1400s. And the Scripture was able, from that point, not just to be uh, inscribed by scribes and passed down from scroll to scroll and try to be preserved, but it was mass-produced. All literature, including the Word of God. Mass-produced, it's in print, God starts and births a reformation in the heart of this preacher which brought great persecution to the believers. And so, wanting their freedom of religion, they decide to board a boat and go to a new land, a land that had been discovered by Christopher Columbus. We'll go there and we will worship as we please we'll worship as we desire we'll worship according to the scripture because it's the scripture folks that makes us free remember this this is what motivated and moved the people from the tyranny from the bondage to a land of freedom the freedom that they sought was religious freedom that's why they came to this new world that later was organized and called the United States of America. They came and founded this land for freedom of Scripture, freedom to worship in their own way. America provided a place for people to flee for their freedom. They came for freedom to follow the teachings of the Word. They came for freedom to, to study the Scripture, follow the Bible, to do what the Bible said to do, to live the way the Bible said to live. And if you are living the way the Bible says to live and you are desiring to do what Scripture says to do, you are also going to be persecuted. You're going to be made fun of. You're going to be ridiculed and mocked. Folks, we have been so spoiled in this land of freedom. My whole generation, I'm 46 years of age. We've never had war on our borders. We've been attacked by terrorists, but we've never had war on our land. In my lifetime, we've been spoiled. We've been blessed. And we take for granted why people even came to this land. They came because they wanted to, to be free to worship their God, wanted to be free to, to study the Scripture and to believe the Scripture. But I believe there's coming a day when things will change for us, when the persecution will be greater than we've ever known in America. It'll be like some of these countries right now. 
they have to share a page of Scripture. Pages, maybe. A pastor may have a, a few pages of Scripture. He'd be lucky to have a, a chapter in one book. And they'll go over that, and they'll go over that, and they'll go over that, and they'll just keep on teaching that. But God will bring alive one page or two pages or one chapter or one book because the Word of God is powerful, it's alive, it's living, and it will set you free because it's truth. What if we had to go underground to study, to worship, to read? Don't think it's that far off. Don't think it's that far-fetched. I'm just saying we never know. Under the right leadership, this country flourishes and thrives and, and God blesses, but under the wrong leadership, somebody thinking they know better than God, it turns everything, church. We need to get back to the basics. We need to get back to the Bible. We need to get back to the Word of God, believing it, standing on it, living by it, because the Word of God is what sets us free. You shall know the truth, and the truth, will make you free. I've had people just speak scriptures, and it leaps up in my spirit. I've had people quote the Word of God to me, and I'm telling you, freedom has come to me. I've had the Holy Ghost settle on me and remind me of scriptures, and I'll begin to speak them into people's life, and I know it's just like God standing here and speaking into their lives. Thus saith the Word of the Lord. Thus saith the Bible. Because it's, uh, it's alive, it's living, and it will accomplish what God sends it to accomplish. You better get into the Word and let the Word of God get into you. You better know the Word and be ready in that day of persecution to stand on the Word of God, recite the Word of God, meditate on the Word of God, memorize the Word of God, because the Word of God, church, will set us free and make us free. Come on, somebody hold up your Bible and just say, Thank you, God for your scripture. Come on, somebody th say thank you for the word today. We thank you, Lord, for bringing the word, sending your word. We thank you that your word is active. It's alive. It's powerful. And it will accomplish what you sent it to accomplish. What makes us free? What makes us free? Secondly, the Savior makes us free. Look at verse number 36 of our text here. In John 8, therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free. Somebody help me. Come on, somebody. It says if the Son sets you free, you better know you're going to be free. You will be free indeed. It's an absolute. You can take it to the bank. You can better than that. You can't even take things to the bank. You can't even say that anymore. It's not worth anything. Take it to the bank. Don't take that to the bank. Just sidestep that step right there. You can stand on it. Again, it's Jesus' words. He said, if the sun sets you free, you better know you're free. Look across this congregation today, and I see so many who've been bound. I see so many who've been oppressed. I've seen so many who've been held in bondage against your will. Drugs and alcohol and this and that and all at once you come into a, a contact with a, a somebody else that you'd never met before. And, uh, and he's introduced to you as the son of the living God. You know him now as the Christ. You know him as the Savior. You know him as the healer. You know him as the deliverer. And you're not bound anymore. You've been set free by the son. You're no longer addicted to drugs. You're no longer addicted to alcohol. You don't have to rely on prescription drugs to help you through the night. You've been set free by the son. And who the sun sets free. 
Come on, somebody. You're free indeed if the Son makes you free. Mm. Freedom comes from the written word, but it also comes from the living word. Hallelujah. The living word. Oh, I, 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 yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I hear the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Mm. In the beginning. Go back to John 1. This isn't on the screens. This isn't in my notes. Come on, let's let the Spirit of the Lord bring freedom today. We're talking about freedom today. I feel the Holy Spirit leading me in another way, and we're going to let the Holy Spirit have his freedom here today. Hallelujah. John 1, come on, go there with me. Open up your Bible today. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And in the beginning with God, all things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Hallelujah. The Word became life, and that is called the Son. It is the Son of the Most High God. And because God loved this world so much, He sent His only begotten Son. Come on, let's recite it together. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Hallelujah. God saw this world that he created out of love think she knew better than him going her own way snubbing her nose at him rebelling turning her back against him and he says I've got to do something about this he sends a flood destroying all that is living save Noah and his immediate family. Now God gave instruction to this man, a man that found grace in the eyes of God, a man that loved God, a man that was persecuted by the world that he lived in, thought he was crazy. He said, I don't care what you think. I care what God thinks. I don't care what you say. I care what God says. And he just kept on day after day after day after day after week after month after year. Persecuted, mocked, ridiculed. And he kept on telling people, I've got enough room in here beyond the giraffes and elephants and all my family. I'll tell you, I'll make room for you. Just come on and get into the ark. And no one listened to him except for his immediate family. God gave him instruction, gather two of every animal, a male and female so that the animal kingdom could be preserved. See, God is a jealous God. And he means what he says. I don't know if everybody understands that today. God doesn't just say things because he thought it was cute, because he thought, oh, that's got a nice little rhyme to it. What God says, he means. And everything that he says has purpose. God destroyed the, the world that he made so that it could be rebirthed. Things are going better. But see, it doesn't take long for this world to cycle, does it? This world cycles. Some were turning to God and believing that he was God. He was almighty, all-powerful God. They served him. 
they revered him. But, again, it doesn't take long. Some knucklehead gets birthed. <laughs> Isn't it funny how the knuckleheads don't believe in abortion? Oh, that's another sermon another day. And they think they know better than God. And they decide to choose. Things turn. People, people jump on board with philosophies, ways of thinking. And God says, all right, it's elevated to another knuckle-headed stage. That's how we say it in Indiana and Terre Haute, at least. God says, i got to do something again. What's he do? He looks around the room. There's his son. There's his son. How many parents do we have in the room? Only child. Anybody just have one child? See, go, go and narrow it down a little bit further. Only, only child. The son. I've got the plan, he says. Son, I'm going to send you this time. Because I believe there's hope for this world that I created out of love. Jesus is born of a virgin. Supernatural, miraculous. Lives a life without sin. Again, supernatural, miraculous. Is wrongly accused. Crucified. Put to death. He's buried in a borrowed tomb. Why? Why? For the salvation of the world. To save mankind. The world was created out of love. He stretched out, he stretched out his arms on that rugged cross. And took on the weight of the world. Took on the sin of mankind. He took on my sin. He took your sin. He took your sin. The Son did this. The Christ. The Savior. Why? So we could be free. What makes us free? Scripture makes us free. The Savior makes us free. And one more thing. You'll have to turn in your Bible this time. 2 Corinthians. I want you to go there. 2 Corinthians. Let's go to chapter 3. Look at this. Verse 17. Now, the, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Another word for liberty is freedom. What makes us free? I want to suggest to you today, the Spirit makes us free. There's too many, even 
Christian believers who don't understand this passage of Scripture, or at least they don't exercise and allow for this freedom. Here at La Palma Christian Center, we believe that this Scripture is in fact true, and so we yield very often, and we just say, Holy Spirit, have your freedom. Holy Spirit, take your liberty. Because how many of y'all know the Holy Spirit's better at, at uh, getting to the point than I am? He's better at getting to the root than you are. He is God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Here at La Palma Christian Center and part of the Assemblies of God uh, denomination, we believe in the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Don't ever forget that the Holy Spirit is God. He is God in the spirit realm, and he's here right now. I don't see him. I can't touch him, but I know that he is here because he promised where two or three are gathered in my name, I will be there, and he is here by his spirit. Spirit will bring us liberty if we will just yield to the Holy Spirit Pray for an infilling of the Holy Spirit. And you also should be praying for evidence of that infilling. If you're praying, okay, let me, let me back this up. You should be praying as a believer every day that you would be filled with the Holy Spirit. This should be part of your everyday prayer life. You really should. Make that part of every day that you pray. God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Because he desires to house in us, to live in us. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? We can give him one room, or we can give him full access. Too many of us want to just departmentalize, compartmentalize, and just say, well, Holy Spirit, you can have this back bedroom. Not, you're just going to have to stay there. It doesn't work that way. He wants full access to the house, the hard house. So we should be praying every day, Holy Spirit, come in me. Father, fill me with the Holy Spirit and die to our flesh. Then we should be praying that others would know that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. How will they know if you're filled with the Holy Spirit? Let me, I'm asking a question that I actually want an answer to. This isn't, okay. Okay, she says the evidence will be uh, speaking in tongues. Okay, that's giftings of the Holy Spirit, and that actually is in part correct. Yes, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, these giftings, which all of us have, Every person in the room, you've been gifted by God. Pastor Moses took five weeks to teach us on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, did an outstanding job. And if you missed the test, you really missed it because it was so good last Wednesday. Amen. Okay, so the giftings operating in us, uh, discernment, tongues, interpretation of tongues, faith, all of these giftings. Elliot, what, do you, what else do you think? Say it. Did you look at my notes before you got on the camera? No, he's exactly right. He said, fruit. If you're praying that the Holy Spirit 
would be in you, you would be filled with the Holy Spirit, then there should be evidence or fruit. Anybody know where the fruit of the Spirit is? Oh, we're going to do a pop quiz. We, I feel a pop quiz coming on. Oh, I didn't give anybody a heads up on this. We studied this for weeks and weeks and weeks. Come on, church. If I promise not to call on you and have you recite it, how many would stand and say, I know where the, fruits of the, spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is? How many would stand and say, I know where the fruit of the Spirit is? I'm not going to call on you. How many would stand and say, I know where the fruit of the Spirit is? Who am I going to call on? <laughs> Sorry. I love it. I love it. Well, it is in Galatians. It is chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. If you have not put that to memory, I encourage you strongly, do it. You need to know because, the, remember, the Spirit makes us free, the Son makes us free, and the Scripture makes us free. But if you don't know the Scripture and you got to, well, I'm going to go get my Bible. Once I get my Bible, I'll try to thumb, thumb through it and find it. You better know the Word of God and let it come alive in you. Let it come up in you. Hallelujah. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. If you're always flying off the handle, losing your temper, giving everybody what for, that's no fruit of the Spirit. That, in fact, is the flip side of the coin, and that is the fruit of the flesh. And we are to die to our flesh. The Apostle Paul, the author of the majority of the New Testament, said he had to die daily. How many of y'all think if the Apostle Paul, the author of the majority of the New Testament, had to die daily? You better know you have to die daily. I better know I've got to die daily. And I better be praying that the Holy Spirit would be active and alive in me and that I would be full of the Holy Spirit. If you're not full of the Holy Spirit, you're going to be full of yourself and you need to empty yourself out. You need to pray that God would turn you upside down and empty you out so that you could just be full of him. How many want to be full of God? How many want to be full of God's spirit today? Is there anybody in the room you want to be full of the word of God? You want to be full of scripture today? Come on, this is what will make you free. Get into the word. Spend time with the son. Pray for the spirit to be active and alive. We sing freedom song on this Independence Sunday. But we, of all people, should be singing freedom song every day that we have breath. Because we're free. And we don't have to be reminded by a, a calendar that on a day in July, our independence was won. We should be reminded that every day that we live, our independence was won on Calvary's cross. I want you to bow your heads all over this room. I, I've purposefully tried to trim down our time today, being conscientious of your time. 
wanting you to have as much time with your family today, gathered around a picnic table, gathering around the poolside, whatever it might be, just enjoying. But I cannot, in good conscience, dismiss us without asking this question. Are you free? Jesus said, if the Son makes you free, you're free indeed. God has such a wonderful plan for your life. And he bids you today, come to the Savior. Surrender your life. Be free. With every head bowed and eyes are closed, if you're here today and you feel you're not free, you're bound, but you want to be free, and you're ready to accept God's plan for freedom, His only Son, Christ Jesus. If you'll just lift your hand right now, I'll, I'll pray for you before we leave. Thank you. Yes. 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 Is there anybody else here? You'll raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I, I, I'm ready. I'm ready. Today is your day, folks. You've lifted your hand and you are serious about this commitment. I'm going to ask you to take a very courageous step. I'm going to ask you to stand and move out from where you are and come and meet me at this altar so we can pray with you. Praying a prayer of repentance, asking for God's forgiveness, and accepting this gift of freedom. Would you come now? hope you enjoy fireworks later on, but what's uh, about to happen right now will pale in comparison, uh, the fireworks will pale in comparison to what's about to happen right now. I think I said that backwards, but you all know where I'm going and what I mean. How you doing, man? That's all right. You're here. I know. We changed things up. You're good. You're here. You're here. Who'd you bring? David? Wow. Awesome. Nice to see you again. Amen. Um, let me see here. I want some people to help me pray. Gail and Paul, why don't you guys come? And Pastor Dave and Sonny, why don't you guys come? We're going to pray with, with these folks today. Isn't this good? What a great way to celebrate our Independence Day. Come here, Pastor Dave. Okay. Let's talk right after this service, okay? I'm going to talk to you after this service. I want you to take them right over here, guys, and I want you to pray with them and, and make sure that they understand the plan of salvation and the prayer of salvation, okay? Pray with them. Pray them through. Anybody else? It's just, honestly, it's just that easy. We make it hard. It's not hard. You just go, you know what? I'm so tired of living life my own way. I'm going to try God's way, okay? So there's room right over here if there's anybody else. Come on. Meet me right here. We're going to dedicate about two more minutes, and then we're going to go. Anybody? 
You ready to be saved? Anybody? Why don't you ask your neighbor? Ask him, say, are you ready? If you died today, would you go to heaven? Come on, challenge somebody on the right and left of you. Just challenge them. Are you ready? Good to see you, man. So good, so good, so good. You know what? We don't get into our hymnals that much, but um, we're going to get into the hymnal. We're going to go all the way back to the back. I want you to grab a hymnal, and I want you to stand up. Hymn 493. Grab your hymnal, and as they're praying through these wonderful people up here at the altar, we're going we're gonna to lift our voices in this patriotic hymn by Catherine Bates, America the Beautiful. Oh, beautiful for spacious skies, for amber waves of grain, for purple mountains, majesty above the fruited plain, America, America, God shed his grace on Verse 3, oh, beautiful, for heroes proved in liberating strife, who more than self their country love and mercy. success till all success be nobleness and every gain verse number four oh beautiful for patriot dream that sees beyond the Lift your voice. America, America, God shed his grace on thee and crown thy good and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shine. Come on, sing that chorus one more time. America, America. Crown thy good and crown thy good 
with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. And all the proud patriots in the house said amen. Happy Fourth, everyone. God bless you today. Enjoy your family. And the Lord willing, we'll look for you on Wednesday night. <laughs>